Hello, everybody. I'm Andy Wyrick. I'm one of the midwives with Holistic Heritage Home Birth. And I'm Jalen Stickles. I am another midwife at Holistic Heritage Home Birth. Sorry, it, everything just came in and out, and I'm thinking we weren't live, but I bet you we are. We're always live. And this is Midwife Monday. This is Midwife Monday. (laughs) Welcome aboard. We've had a really cool um, week at our practice. We got to um, go out to Conroe and collaborate with the fire department out there and learn some um, like basic birth emergency skills as well as how to make transports go smoothly in collaboration. Yeah. So we were we Andy really developed a class. Um, to teach some updated birth yes. skills um, because the books I think that they're using aren't necessarily updated. So it was really nice to collaborate with them. It was and nice. get their insight about what transfers look like and what their role in is it because there's really two different roles going on. There's Because the fire department's always the first to get there and then EMS is the second. So um, if the fire department's the first people to get there, they're going to be the ones encountering the birth. That's right. If they're handling that. Birth. And they were exciting. It was so fun to teach um, Andy style. Because you don't always get to do that. Not everybody appreciates Andy's colorful language. Uh, but there it was so appreciated. And I felt normal and I felt free. And it, it was really, really nice just to sit down with people who are both passionate about what they do and want better outcomes for everybody. And I really felt that in the space. I was grateful. It's really grateful to spend time with them. Yeah, because our first responders, they really do. That's why they do what they do. They want to help, and they want to make it better. And So uh, I appreciate that, too. Yeah. And we're hoping this grows. We'd like to reach out to other fire departments. We'd like to start talking to EMS, paramedics. I, I think it could I think it could go and go and go, and then yeah. things will only get better if we are talking and communicating. Yeah, and I think oftentimes when um, people are being called out for birth at the home, in their minds it could be really a fearful thing that they're coming into, and and they don't always know um, what the qualifications of midwives are, what they're walking into. Um, It would be nice if dispatch would tell them that, like, hey, you're walking into... A home birth transfer, there is a midwife there, there is care happening there, so mm-hmm. they would be a little bit more prepared. I think there's just a lot of miseducation on everybody's part, including our own, so that's why the conversation has started. I'm excited that it has started, and it's only going to get better, and that's how I'm yeah. feeling really, really hopeful and appreciative. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, today, we're going to talk about... The membrane sweep. Membrane sweep. And, oh, that could be like a whole game. Like, Did you ever play Minesweeper on the old school computer? There should be a game membrane yeah. sweep. Yeah. I digress. <laughs> and you know what's interesting about this is um, I think it's one of the universal things that almost everybody knows about. They know that it exists. They've read about it. Someone's had it done. Because probably over 90% of our clients will ask about it. They do. And what's really interesting, though, and our clients are highly educated. They have yeah. done a lot of reading, and we've talked to them. But sometimes, don't you still find they don't exactly understand what's happening? They just know that it is a thing. Yes. They don't know the mechanism of it or why it's done or why maybe we shouldn't do it. Right. And we're probably philosophically more of the not do it. Sure. I'm not against it 100%. Um, 
But I don't know that it's necessary. Right. And that's because it in and of itself is an intervention. It yes. is an induction method. And when you're talking about interventions, they're not benign. No. They have cause and effect relationships, right? And we have to remember that each intervention we start can be the catalyst for that cascade that can lead to things that we don't want. And and when we start intervening with that perfect process, that's when the doo-doo hits the fan. Right. Sometimes. And I know it's probably one of the more benign interventions that can mm -hmm. happen, but let's say that you're on the cusp of going into labor, but not really there yet. Um, do we want to push you over that cusp? Maybe that baby's got a little bit more work to do. Maybe that baby's got to get in a little bit better position. Maybe there's some things that still need to be happened, but now we're trying to push you over the edge and maybe we shouldn't. Right. And if we're asking, we meaning the client, if a client's coming in and asking for it, the first thing I think is, okay, this is a physical intervention, but what's going on right here is a mental issue, right? We're having impatience or we're having worry. So really what we're needing to deal with here is not a physical part because nothing's wrong. Right. We're just still pregnant. Uh, what we need to go with is there's something here in our head that's saying we need control of the situation. So we really need to be working on letting go of control because we have no control when it comes to labor and birth. It's supposed to be like that. And it's the hardest part to me when people are pregnant is releasing the control. So we really need to be focusing on what's our brain doing because the brain is powerful. It is powerful. The other side of that is sometimes, though, like in our environment, there's we don't want to go past certain weeks to have a home birth. Mm -hmm. And that's when the interventions come in. It's like, well, if we still want to have a home birth, we, now we need to push labor along right. instead of be patient, which is a crappy reason to push labor. But it's a reality. Right. And it's because depending on where you are in the pregnancy, the risk and benefit evaluation changes. There's a different risk and benefit at 36 weeks than there is at 42 weeks. So that conversation should be an ongoing conversation when you're deciding on this. And I want you to hear us say this. This is a decision of informed consent because there is a problem going on. Um, the first informed consent is, do you even want the vaginal exam? That is very separate from membrane sweeping, which we're going to tell you exactly what membrane sweeping is. But those are two separate things. You don't have to even have the vaginal exam to see where your cervix is because your cervix isn't a crystal ball. So this means when you go in for your 36, 37 week visit and the nurse tells you, okay, take your pants off and put this on. Um, you could say, mm, no, I'll leave my pants on. Thanks. Because they're already assuming they're going to do this. If they're asking you to take your pants off, then they're doing a cervical exam or they want to. And then th that's when you can say no right up front. No. Well, let's talk about that first. Why let's do you want to that. do that? What information is it going to give us and where are we going to go from there? Yeah. So right then and there you can say, no, I'll talk to the doctor before I take my pants off. I want more information on this. Yeah. And I don't think that that's ugly at all. No, not at all. And you probably won't have it done because they won't have time to come back. <laughs> <laughs> because really you don't need cervical exams you don't need to know what your cervix is doing at 36 37 really you don't need to know the whole time that, that's no. the honest to god truth because you're not going to have a baby until you're pushing so all that doesn't matter and we have done a million podcasts on that to to get that through so the other things we want to say is like what is membrane sweeping it is an induction method that is what it is it's a mechanical form of induction it's before you get to the to the you know, Cytotec, Pitocin, this is 
fingers on your cervix. And really they go, the, you want me to tell? Yeah. Yeah. The fingers are going to go inside the vagina, through the cervix, if the cervix is open. Mm -hmm. And then they take fingers and you're actually separate, you're inside the uterus, and you're actually separating the membranes, the, the bag of water membranes, from the bottom of the uterus. So, and you can go just like this, all the way around. And it can be super, super uncomfortable and invasive. And it's not really quick either, because you do no. need to make a few swirl motions around with yeah. that separation technique. And I think it's funny how they make really uncomfortable things um they highlight them with like romantic words like it's a sweep like it's gonna sweep you off your feet no it's it is a stripping yeah that's really what it is it's a, you are stripping the membranes from the uterus right and what that's gonna do is it increases what we call prostaglandins and prostaglandins help increase oxytocin and can cause cause contractions is what it does the other thing about the exam is it can be super uncomfortable especially if your baby's not low enough or the cervix isn't towards the front because the cervix can be anywhere like towards the front easy to get to or all the way towards the back towards your butt so if it's in the back y'all that exam sucks it does suck it really sucks. all exams aren't comfortable and any of the research that i looked up um, from Cochrane Reviews, which take all this research and kind of put it as one in an analysis, um, they don't take experience into accountability because I don't know if you're aware of this, but female experience in medical scenarios is barely ever taken into consideration. We've, we're seeing that with the hype about IUDs and not being comfortable with IUD placement. They're finally getting on board with, hey, maybe they have feelings. How about that? What? <laughs> maybe this is invasive. So it is. it is a little uncomfortable. Um, and sometimes for people, it's even more than uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And if you really have to go for that cervix that's in the what we call posterior towards the back, it's hard to reach it. So it makes it so uncomfortable for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, the research I did says that one in three women in America do have membrane sweeping. Um, they're thinking it's even more than that because a lot of times you think that you're getting just a vaginal exam, but... They'll go ahead, and if, and if your cervix is open, they are doing some sweeping. So if you've ever had discomfort where you're like, wow, that really was uncomfortable, maybe that happened and you didn't consent to it. And that's why we're saying before you even consent to the vaginal exam, discuss the membrane sweeping, stripping, whatever you want to call it. Um, and most of the time, they're starting that at 36, 37 weeks because yeah. that's what their boards are saying. That's what their boards are telling them to do, which doesn't makes sense and that falls in line with the um, arrive trial where um this big trial came out and said that every woman should have their baby at 39 weeks and we'd have the best outcomes ever um not true hasn't been repeated so it's not a valid trial but it's a reality of what's going on in the medical world it is it is a reality because it takes a minute for research to catch up again Right. Yeah. So it took a minute for them to adopt. That, that was a knee jerk reaction. And yeah. now it's taking a long time for them to release it. Yes. Um, so she she mentioned a little bit. Jalen mentioned hormones and that's the thought process. Right. When we go in, it's not necessarily the separation that releases the hormones. It's just the massaging of the cervix. And there's actually more research about massaging the cervix being beneficial than stripping membranes. But it's really the touching of the cervix that releases prostaglandins, which guess what? So does sperm. And having sex and having sperm is way more fun than um, yeah. getting your cervix 
Have an orgasm. So the prostaglandins are actually going to ripen the cervix, which means soften it and make it um, more pliable. more pliable and ready to open okay. and thin. And then also it releases oxytocin. And that's the second part, which might be beneficial because it doesn't necessarily cause labor contractions, but it causes uterine irritability. So you might have some tightening that could possibly, if you were already on the edge of the cliff of labor, push you over into some labor surges. So yes. that's where they're thinking um, this could be beneficial. Right. Um, also, if you're... She mentioned it already, but you really need to think about the anatomy. So if you're 36 weeks and you're going in and they're saying we're going to start separating the membrane, stripping the membrane, if your cervix is closed, not only do we need to have a finger be able to go all the way through, it really needs to be one to two centimeters actually to get a finger through and be able to kind of make your finger a little crooked to separate. So if you're already one to two centimeters these things that they're saying are beneficial as far as ripening and opening, you already did it. You already did it. You don't need <laughs> it. And the other thing, like I hear this on Facebook and other feeds, people will be coming online. My doctor checked me. I'm not dilated at all. And you're 39 weeks. That's a big so what? And it's normal. Um, but it's put this expectation up that you should be further along than you are and no, that's not normal. Yeah. So to even try to do the membrane scoop at 36 weeks is crazy to me. It's insanity. And and I do want to mention, because I really like research, but this is where I think that the research got a little skewed. Because one, the way they figured out, you always have to have two groups, right? The group that is actually having the thing happen to them, and then a control group. And the way they did it is... This one group, group A, was actually getting their membrane stripped, and group B was getting massaged. They had similar outcomes. And then also, they the people who were getting massaged weren't told that they were getting massaged, right? They were also being told that they were getting stripped. So once again, it's part of that like mental game. And the other thing I think isn't isn't quite fair is that what they're saying is if you get your me membranes stripped or swept, um, you are less likely to need other induction methods. You're going to go into labor on your own. They didn't say you wouldn't need to be augmented with Pitocin, just you would go into labor on your own more likely than people who didn't get anything if it started at 36 weeks. You'd have the um, same amount of C-sections, but less forceps and less vacuum deliveries. But that goes back to what I'm saying where I feel like this is skewed is that if you're one to two centimeters already in order to get the sweep in and of itself, then of course you're going to be more likely to well, just start labor on your own because your your body's already doing it. And I wonder if, you read this research, I wonder if they separated first-time moms from second or third because it's really common if you've had more than one baby for you to be dilated already at 36 weeks. But if you're a first-time mom, it would be rare for you to be dilated at 36 weeks. And does that set you up <laughs> for failure? Because the doctor's telling you, hey, I'm going to start sweeping your membranes. Oh, you're closed. And then the next week, oh, you're closed. And then the next week, oh, you're closed. Are you being set up for failure in that process? Well, I think it plants seeds for sure. Of doubt. Like my body's not working when actually your body's working fine. Of course, you're still going to be closed at 36 weeks. You're supposed to. Yes. You're absolutely supposed to. So just 
figures out at 36 weeks, especially you're not, you're not even by definition term and at 37 weeks, you're early term. So we don't even need to be thinking about these things until much, 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 much later in the pregnancy. If you're thinking about them at all. Yeah. I think if you're going to do it, this is my personal opinion, no research base at all. I think after 41 weeks. Yeah. I think it's a great, a great plan. If you're going to do it. And some of this has to do with VBACs and bishop scores, which that's a whole other podcast. But do you want to just ba- like really briefly explain what a bishop score is? A bishop score is how ripe are we for labor to begin. So they test uh, four or five different criteria. Is has your cervix thinned out any? Um, is your cervix towards the back, like I was talking before, towards your booty, or is it towards the front, like right when you do the cervical exam, there's your cervix. So there's that. So how soft is it? How open is it? Where is it placed? And how low is your baby? So the higher those numbers, the more receptive you are going to be for induction. And that's exactly. a, and that's a bishop score. And that's what you're looking at. If your number is zero, 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 then y'all, you just need to, Go take a bubble bath and forget about going into labor because you're not going into labor yet. Um, and that's what a bishop score is. Yeah. But in order to get that, you got to get the cervical exam. Right. Um, so if you're in a position where your doctor wants to induce you, uh, you can say, well, what's my bishop score? And then you can make a decision whether you want to go through with the induction or not. Or wait a little while. So I mentioned earlier, back to sex, because I love to talk about sex. It is one of the best things of all time. If we're saying that sweeping and massage, cervical massage, are giving us the same evidential outcomes, then our goal of sweeping is to have the prostaglandin release, the oxytocin release, and it's giving the same outcomes, then why can't we just have penetrative vaginal sex where the penis is massaging the cervix, giving us sperm that gives us prostaglandins, have a big O, have the orgasm, release that oxytocin, and then everybody's like actually really, really happy about it. Yep. I agree. That's nature's Yeah. That's what we recommend. I will tell you though, a lot of women are like, really? Yeah, but when you said, hey, you can be intimate with your partner and do this, or we can do this, they might choose this if it's one of the options that comes with less risk. Because y'all, like we said earlier, yes, there are perks to interventions, but there are risks. And we, we cannot give informed consent without truly telling you the risk, and there are some. Did you know 9% of cervical sweeping, there is accidental, I have quotes around this, yeah. accidental rupture of membranes. Yeah. I have read that before. Um I have That's never a large done number. it. That is a, I have never accidentally broke someone's membrane. I haven't either. Um, so I think it takes a little effort for that to happen. So I'm not sure how. I'm not sure. It is. I'm not either, and I can't speak on it because I wasn't in there. It's never happened to me. I don't do a lot of sweeps. It's usually yeah. somebody begging me to do it, or we're up against a wall of like, hey, it's either home birth or not, and we need to do a sweep. But 9%. So just know that when you are consenting, if you're not with a provider you really, really trust, if you are consenting to a vaginal exam and you are consenting to a membrane sweep, you are also consenting to the possibility almost 10% of the time you're going to rupture your bag. And if you're not already in labor, that can be really problematic. And let's say that happens in your group B strep positive, Mm -hmm. right? Or you have any kind of 
abnormal bacteria that's growing. It doesn't matter if, you're, if the sterile glove is being used. You're putting fingers through a non-sterile environment, and you're actually pushing everything up towards that baby. So if your water is broken and you have any kind of um, infections going on, like group B strep, then you've just pushed that right towards the baby. Yes. So that's what we're saying when you need to have all your information on. And if you're doing this at 36 weeks, you may not have even had your GBS screen yet because yeah. some people don't do it till 37 weeks. So you don't even know. So now you're GBS unknown, big dumpster trash panda. We don't even know. That's how they treat you. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a whole thing. So I want you to hear this. If they do not ask, if someone, anyone, even midwives, don't ask you to do a membrane sweep when their fingers are already inside of you. It is assault. Yes. Report it. It's already traumatic for you. Report it because they should not be doing it. They should get in trouble for it. It is medical assault and it is a big, 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 big problem. That is a huge issue. That is a huge issue. You know, um, I've had people tell me stories of similar stories about this, but the biggest one that just happened not too long ago was um, somebody went in to sweep the whole uterus postpartum without permission. Oh my goodness. Y'all, that is probably... That is such an assault. It's uh, one actually of the said most they weren't going to do it. Actually said they weren't going to do it because it was asked and then went in and did it uh, without asking, without gaining permission, can you imagine, y'all, it's not, that's not a minor procedure. Um, that's putting your whole hand and your arm going all the, all the way up to sweep a uterus. That's assault. And so is sweeping membranes without permission. It is assault. As well as coercing you into do doing it, it when yes. your hand's already inside of you. That's a power trip. So we have to have our voice. We have to not be ashamed that we were uncomfortable. You have to report it. It's the only way things are going to get better. Yep. We have to, our community has to demand better. That's right. Because we are worth better. Right. You are worth better. And just because your provider is the expert in their field, they are not the expert in you. You are the expert in you. And you know what you're going to be comfortable saying yes or no to. And if you're not comfortable, it's totally okay to say no. Oh, yeah. We don't have to give in to their expertise. We can say, mm, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to be no today, but I'll give it some thought for next week. Because, y'all, it's not life-threatening. No, it's not. It's not important. Mm -mm. So, nice wrap-up with the pretty little bow. We're talking about membrane sweeping. Um, what might the benefits be? One might be that it could boost spontaneous labor. It could happen because it is an induction method. Um, and it could decrease your risk for the need of induction. That's what the research says. Um, it's pretty fast. I mean, a couple minutes. And it shouldn't cost anything. We don't charge for mm -hmm. that. Uh, but it could cost something. But usually it's not very expensive. So I guess that's a benefit. Um, also, it is done outpatient, meaning it's usually just done in your OB's office or your midwife's clinic office or even in your home. You don't have to go somewhere to have this done. It's just done, you know, wherever you are. 
and you can combine it with other natural, more, more natural kind of labor augmentation type things um, like castor oil or nipple stem and, and do like a combo thing. Yep. Um, risk associated with stripping your membranes, these are the poopy parts. It's easily done without consent. That is frustrating. We've talked about that a lot because I want that to go home to you. Also, there's a risk of the waters releasing. That's probably the biggest risk, I'd say. There's also a small risk for bleeding. If a finger's in too far, there can be some bleeding start starting, especially if you don't know where your placenta is. Anytime you put a finger past the cervix, that's a small risk. Well, even you can get bleeding without mm -hmm. placenta issue. It's just there's so many capillaries on the cervix. Most of the time, you are going to have some bleeding afterwards. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it can be uncomfortable. It can go anywhere. It's, nobody... I've never heard anybody say it's pleasant. So there's a spectrum of it being uncomfortable all the way to painful. And that is justification enough to say, no, I don't want to do that. And also, and this isn't talked about enough, sometimes it's just all those risks and all you get is uterine irritability that's very frustrating, very discouraging, and exhausting. And no labor. And no labor happens. Yeah. That's usually what I talk to people. Yeah, I could do that. And you're probably going to get contractions, but you may not get labor. And that's frustrating. And if you do that, because mind you, usually these things don't work with just one time. Don't you Don't you yeah. find that we need to do it? And then like a couple days later, you do it again. And a couple days later, you do it again, which probably just means that in a couple days, they would have gone into labor, gone into labor on their own. But again, it's about the control thing, which is more about like why we need to discuss what's going on in our minds. Um, so you have to do it over and over and over, and every single time, those same unique risks are in play, every single time. Yep. So, we recommend, <laughs> no. Do you think we showed our bias asses? Yeah, we're a little biased on it. <laughs> like I said, I think the only time that uh, I might, rec if I'm recommending it, is if we're coming up to some, hey, try this or go to the hospital. I would much rather try this than Pitocin. Pitocin. Yeah. You always want to go from from the lowest intervention to the highest intervention. Yeah. So that's probably the only time. Yeah. And then I'm still like, ah, I don't know. Because I got little fingers and nobody wants me to do it. I really got to reach. You do really have to reach. <laughs> so that's it. You're always welcome to message us, ask us questions. We get questions all the time, and I really love to answer them. Um, and if you have any ideas about what you want to hear, we want to we want to tell you what you want to hear. So, so have a yeah, send us suggestions. Have a nice week, and we'll see you next Monday.